Second Peter uh, chapter one, uh, and we'll read through uh, verse number ten. Simon Peter, a servant. Everybody say a servant, an apostle. Say an apostle. Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith, faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust and beside this he goes on to say so beside all that we have mentioned in verses one through four giving all diligence add faith add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity for if these things be in you and abound In other words, they have to rule your life. They have to be in control of who you are. They have to dominate your character, your personality, and how you respond to adversity and to your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what that word means there, abound. They rule you. They control you. They are who you are. If these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things. So we're not given an option. It's not like, hey, it'd be great if you had this. No, he continues on to say that if we live and serve Christ and these things do not abound in our life, then he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure for if ye do these things ye shall never fall is that not what each and every one of us desire that we would not fail, that we would not fall, that we would make it to the end, that we will hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
Is that not what we want to hear? Is that not our heartbeat? Do we not pray every day? Is that not our desire every day? Oh God, I do not want to fail you. I do not want to fall. We are given here by the Apostle Peter the uh, solution, the remedy, uh, the recipe, if you please, uh, how to make it and abound in the knowledge of Christ and to have fruit in our life. And we taught and preached on that weeks uh, earlier how important fruit is in our life. So we want to pray. This is a lot of scripture. You know how pastor teaches. We'll never probably get to verse 1. But eventually over the next few weeks, we're going to make our way through this. And I believe God is going to show us some things and help us in our walk with Him and our relationship with one another. The Lord has just really been dealing with Pastor over the last few months with this. I've been talking about this in our Sunday morning services. I've been talking about it in our Wednesday night services concerning our relationship with one another. Because listen, the Bible tells us if you don't love your brother, do not say you love God. That's his word. If you cannot love who you can see, don't, don't be a hypocrite and pretend you love who you cannot see. That's his word. Let's put our hands together to the Lord on that. I'm going to help us. God's going to help us. Father, touch our hearts, our minds, our spirits tonight. Lord, help us to open up our being unto you, Lord, to receive the word of God, to hear the word of God, and to receive it into our lives. Father, we pray it, we ask it, and everybody say Amen. And God bless you and you uh, may be seated. And so we find here in verse 1, uh, this, these verses 1 through 10 are so powerful for me and you when it comes to just uh, being a basic Christian, living a Christian life that brings glory to Jesus Christ Every single day. A life that when men look on your good works, the Bible says, they will glorify the Father that is in heaven. Those good works are going to come from these things that were mentioned in these scriptures. If they abound in your life, men will see your good works. How you love your brother, love your sister. Remember what we preached on Sunday. This is the badge of discipleship. How will men know that you are my disciples? By your love one to another. It's the word of God. These things abound in our life. They are going to cause us to live in such a way that every day that you get up, you will please God every day when you lay your head down upon your pillow. You will have pleased God that day because these virtues and these uh, uh, these fruits uh, and these characteristics of Christ will abound in your life. And it will dictate how we treat one another, love one another, 
how we treat and love the world that is lost and dying. These are the things that are going to impact the lives of men and women. Not how we dress, not how much money we make, not how well you know your doctrine, not how uh, how religious you may be. These things do not move men who are bound by sin today. They mean nothing to them but love of God flowing through me and you touching their lives will penetrate that hardened shell and that stubborn spirit and get into them and make an impact in their life let's clap our hands to the Lord now I want to dabble into this scripture just a little bit here today in verse number one the Bible tells us that Simon Peter, a servant, everybody say a servant, and an apostle, everyone say an apostle. I am so thankful that when Simon, under the unction of the Holy Ghost, when he wrote that verse and began to uh, go forward, Uh, into the basic living characteristics of a Christian. I'm glad that he didn't say, Simon Peter, an apostle, a teacher, a sign by God, you know, a, a prophet. And then somewheres in the end, use the word servant. Oh, no, no. When he opened up that book, he started out and he said, I want you to know who I am. I want to introduce myself to you. Everybody that reads this book, I want you to know who's writing this book. And he said, first and foremost, above everything, I want you to understand that I am a servant. I am a servant to God. And I am a servant to every brother and sister in Christ. Second, I am an apostle. Secondly, I have a ministry. Secondly, I have a calling. Secondly, I have a duty. But first, I'm a servant. First, I am a humble person in Christ, filled with His glory, and I've come to serve you. Yes, I'm going to write a couple of books in the eternal writ word of God. I'm one of the 12 original. In fact, I'm the loud mouth. I'm, I'm the guy that always spoke up. And yes, I'm the one who denied him three times, but I'm also the one he gave the keys to. I'm the one that he said, here's the keys of the kingdom. Hey, everybody, I'm the guy that preached the first sermon. I'm the one that preached the first message to the Jews. I'm the one that God God used to preach the first message to the Gentiles and to the Samaritan. He could have boasted on all of that. But what Simon wanted me and you to know is that he was a servant. He had learned something somewhere. Life had taught him. His Christ had put this in him. We are servants, servants to God, servants to one another. Everything we else, everything else we do, every other calling, every other anointing, it's second to that. 
And I'm here to tell you that if the church of the living God could get a hold of this, there wouldn't be a devil in hell that could stop us. There wouldn't be a force on earth that could prevent revival. We'd turn our world upside down. We would, we would stop having so many backsliders and isms and schisms and fights and faults, failures and discord and splits. And all of that would go away because first of all, I am a servant. Somebody shout, I'm a servant. He wanted us to know before he launched in, before he went further, he wanted everyone to know I am a servant. He calls himself an elder in Peter chapter 5. And in verse 1, it's like Peter is saying, listen, I want you to know something. You're never too old to serve. You never outgrow being a servant in the kingdom of God. It's your first calling. It's your first duty. Serving one another, loving one another, helping one another, and doing all of these things. We ask the question, you know, who does he serve? He tells us in his word that he serves his brothers and his sisters. He's speaking to the church. He's speaking uh, to the saints. He uses the words when he opens up in verse 1. He uses the words like precious faith. He wasn't talking about the sinners. He wasn't talking about the drunkards or the drug addicts. He wasn't talking about those. No. He said all of us oppressed like his faith. He said I want you to know I'm your servant. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to love you. I'm here to be a strength with you. I'm not here to look down on you tell you how to do it. I'm here to get in the ditch with you and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap our arms around one another and we'll get through this thing together I think one of the things that I love about this is he says brethren are precious like precious like faith you you look at those words you look that up you study that and you go into the background of it Peter was basically creating an equality when it comes to faith it was his way of saying I'm not above any of you and none of you are above me we are all equal when we come into the eyes of God there's no big eyes and little U's when we come in, into the house of God and we come to worship there's not the important ones that sit over here and the less important ones that sit over there the wealthy don't sit up front and the poor sits in the back no when we come into the house of God we all mingle together because it's the same faith the same God saved us the same spirit was put on the inside of us the same blood was shed for each and every one of us when God said I love the world he said that for me and he said that for you and we are equal when we come together he wanted the brethren to understand that he saw them as, uh, as equals, even though he was so greatly and mightily uh, used of the Lord. I'm amazed at how easily you and I place one another in classifications. And I, I'm going to try not to, I don't, don't want to speak any condemnation or, or guilt or anything here today. But I just want to deal with our nature. But you know how it is. We put people in classifications. And in our mind, we subgroup them. And uh, we judge them and discern them. And then we decide where they belong in the, de, in the departmental of our own brain. And we categorize. And, and you say, well. 
well, what's wrong with that? I'm going to tell you what's wrong with it because it will eventually affect you how you treat that individual. The ones that you have placed uh, in your own self, your own heart, your own spirit as being valuable and important, you will treat them in a certain way. The ones who are not valuable, the ones who are less important, you will treat them different. When they need prayer, it's not so necessary to pray for them. But this one over here, oh yes, we must pray for them. Peter said, I come to let everybody know, first of all, I'm your servant. Secondly, we're all the same. There's no differences amongst us. When we gather into the house of God, we're all one. One in Him, one in spirit, one in mind. Oh yes, one body, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. It's throughout the entire Word of God. I wonder what would happen if we would begin to change our mentality. And you're going to have to do it. You understand that. It's not just going to happen. The Holy Ghost isn't going to come to you and fix your brain. You got to fix your own brain. You got to recognize what you're doing wrong, how you're thinking wrong. And you got to start saying to yourself, that's wrong. I'm judging that brother. I'm judging that sister. I don't care if they're poor. I don't care if they have to take the bus to church. It doesn't matter if they're blind. I don't care if they've got this wrong with them or that disease or whatever it may be. I cannot judge them. Jesus Christ loves them. He requires of me concerning them like he else in the church I am responsible what would happen to us what would happen to us ministry if we would all get on board like that what would happen to the church of all of the saints would truly begin to think about it and begin to change our thinking and change our mind and pull ourselves off our stinking pedestals and quit thinking so much about ourselves as the Bible tells us thinking more about yourself more highly of yourself than you should and then it goes on to warn us be careful by the way God says I know how to kick your stool out from under you I know how to bring you down. I know how to bring reality to you. I can show you in a moment. You're no better than anybody else. We're all the same. And God loves us all. I want to tell you this is the unity. This is the unity that God is looking for. At the sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. That we come together and love one another. And that we're a servant to one another. And that we do our calling. We do the things that God's called us to do. Yes. But above all I am your servant. We um, departmentalize in our minds. It affects how we treat people and things that we do. And we're all, we're all guilty of it. Simon, Simon Peter, he, he goes uh, on to say in, uh, in the verse there, he says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. With us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. In verse number 2, he says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now Simon is trying to, uh, he is trying to lay a foundation for what he is about to minister through the word here. But he is talking to them. I am your servant. Yes, I am an apostle. Yes, I am called of God. Yes, I am a part of the writ book 
that the Lord has anointed my mind and my hands to do. He said, but I, I want you to know that grace and peace can be multiplied unto you, but it comes through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Here we find, understand that the Almighty God, Peter comes in here and, and shows that how even the Almighty God Himself did what? He humbled Himself. Look what Paul the Apostle said uh, concerning this in Philippians chapter 2, beginning with verse number 1. If therefore, if, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of, of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy. Now wait a minute, stop and go back to uh, Simon Peter over here. Simon said, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Paul continues here to say that any bowels of mercies fulfill ye my joy that ye be like minded having the same love being of one mind and I'm sorry of one accord and of one mind let nothing be done through strife or vainglory but in lowliness of mind let each esteem the other better than themselves look not every man on his own things but every man also on the things of others let this mind be in you which was also in Christ. Oh, so often we take that and we want to turn it into some glorious thing. Oh, I got the mind of Christ. He was God in the flesh. Ah, listen, when you look what Paul's talking about here, when he says get the mind of Christ, he was talking about God himself that came in the flesh. Yet the Bible says he humbled himself even to the death of the cross. He became a servant to humanity this is what Simon's talking about that's what Paul's talking about get the mind of Christ love your brother prefer your brother esteem your brother that's the mind of Christ let this mind be in you which was also in Christ who being in the form of God thought it not Robert to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. You know we all want to be exalted. You continue to read the exaltation of Jesus Christ came through his humility. Philippians 2 and 8 and being found fashioned as a man he humbled himself became obedient unto the death the death of the cross wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and of things in heaven and of things of the earth and of things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father listen you don't have to worry about being exalted you don't have to worry about being important you don't have to worry about people looking at you and, and saying ooh ah and gah oh 
over how great and awesome you are if you'll become a servant if you'll serve the way God's called us to serve if you'll love your brother love your sister God will exalt in due time but when he does that I'll tell you what happens sometimes you actually get a little embarrassed about it I'm not worthy of that oh God I just want to be a servant I want to tell you when this gets a hold of you when it gets in your heart it'll change everything about you it'll change your thinking how you treat people how you treat one another especially the brothers and sisters of Christ let this mind which was in Christ let it be in you what was that mind he humbled himself he became a servant he became a servant to you he became a servant to me he's Christ that's the mind Peter's talking about he said he said I am a servant he said I'm an apostle yes I'm an apostle and I'm a writer and I've done some great powerful things he said but I want you to know I'm a servant because that is the mind of Christ Peter, you love me. Yes, I love you. Feed my lamb. Peter, you love me. Yes, I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, you love me. Yes, I love you. Feed my lamb. Servant, 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 servant. Let he that wants to be greatest among you, let him be the greatest servant among you. Everybody say servant. Peter goes on to say all of that. I love this. And then he, he says in verse, in, in verse number five, and I, I don't really have time to touch on these verses in between maybe we'll go back and revisit them as we continue on but in verse 5 is when he begins with this faith and virtue and virtue and knowledge and everything but he starts out verse number 5 and he says beside this you know what those words actually mean they mean until you get what I just told you there's no reason for you to go any further now, the part that's so powerful about that is he tells you at the end of what he's about to tell us that if you don't get part two, you're blind and you don't even know what's coming and you're not going to make it. So it's not an excuse not to continue. We have to continue. But he says, he says, but besides this or inclusive with this on top of this or after this, after what? After you truly learn to be a servant. And I'm going to tell you what's the problem with so many of us and so many of God's kids around the world. Is that they learn everything but how to be a servant. Huh? They learn, the, oh, they got the oneness down. They got the doctrine down. They can teach you Jesus' name baptism. They got the outward holiness down. They got the inward holiness down. They got all of these things and all of this theology and all of this teaching, but they've never learned to be a servant. And that's the reason why they keep running into trouble everywhere they go. And that's the reason why people can so easily offend you. You know why you're easily offended? Because you're not a servant. Servants are not easily offended. God said my children are not easily offended. They don't get easily offended. You can't just offend them easily. He said not my kids. My kids are not easily offended. It's very difficult. Why? Because I'm a servant. Let me tell you what. You know, you go back into the days when people had servants and, or slaves and owned them. Or maybe they weren't slaves. Maybe they were hired servants, but they were servants. The servant didn't walk around the house telling the boss what to do or where to put it. Well, maybe if she was there for 30 years, she might. But you know what I'm talking about. Walking around that house and she didn't 
didn't push her opinion of what she thinking and what she thought. She did exactly what she was told when she was told to do it because she was a servant. But that's not the kind of servant that God is talking about. That's the kind of servant that has to serve. Remember, we dealt with that a couple of weeks ago. There's a servant that has to serve. That's a slave. There's a servant that's paid to serve. That's a hireling. But then there's the servant of God. And that's the one who serves because they're in love with the one that they are serving. The Bible talks about this. I believe it's in the book of Leviticus where when finally the, the, the year of Jubilee could come and the servant can be set free. But the law said, however, if the servant is in love with his master, maybe he has a wife and children and he just doesn't want to leave. He's in love with where he's at. His master's treating well and everything's going good and he doesn't want to leave. He says, that's okay. He said, if the master wants to keep him, he can go get his ear bored. He can go get more and he can become a permanent servant of the house that's the kind of servant that God's looking for God you've treated me too well when I, when I have an opportunity to escape when I got an opportunity to leave when I got an opportunity to get out of here whatever that may be God I'm not going anywhere you have you have blessed me you have helped me you've been here for me you've been here for my family oh God I'm in love with you. I'm in love with your kingdom. I'm here to stay. I'm a bond servant. I'm a servant of love. I'm a servant of love. These are the kind of servants the Lord is looking for. These are the kind of servants that are, are going to make it. These are the ones that are, that are going to last. He said, besides this, Something here is necessary to be understood in order to completely make sense of all of this. Given unto us all these things that return unto life and godliness that we read here in this scripture. What was given unto us was the exceeding great precious promises in these first scriptures here. And then that we might be partakers of divine nature and that we might escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. Why would anybody want to leave that exceeding great promises? Partakers of divine nature escape of corruption that is in the world through lust given unto us all things that pertain unto life and to God Oh, Lord, you have given it all to us. And the Lord, listen, this is how, how do we, how do we take what God has given us and how do we share that with someone else? Do we just open up our mouth and tell them about the love of God? Do we open up our mouth and give them doctrine? Do we open up our mouth and just spread the gospel? I want to tell you how you take what God has given us and you give it to others. You serve them. You serve them. The Bible's full of it. I, I, I don't want to stray too much here. But you, you want to take care of an enemy in your life? Serve them. You, you want to win somebody? Serve them. Serve them in love. Serve them with the love of Christ. Let, you say, well, how do I do that? I don't know. I, I don't understand your circumstance. Every, every, they're, all, they're all different. They're all individual. You got to get on your knees. You got to ask God. Be careful, though. When you ask God, he's going to answer. He's going to tell you, and I'm here to tell you right now, most of the time, you're not going to like it. And you're not going to want to do it because God requires things. See, we want to serve people at no cost. When God tells you how to serve someone, it's going to cost you something. 
It's going to cost you time, energy. It might cost you money. It's going to cost you pride. Hey, some of us need to spend our pride until we run out of it. Go bankrupt on pride. All right, I'm just rambling. Let me get back here a little bit here. Everybody say, hold on, I'll find it. Here it is. Everybody say, and beside this, it just blows my mind that everything that Simon Peter talks, all these things here, this foundation that he gives unto us, and then he says, and besides this. Now watch, watch what he says here. We're going to just do the little bit of a foundation uh, before we get into these. We won't be able to get into them tonight, but I, just a little bit of a foundation of what he's saying here. He says, and besides this, giving all diligence. That means bringing in with all zeal and effort. Simon is saying to the saints of God here, he says, what I am about to tell you, what I am about to show you, that if you do this, you will not fail. We know that because you read the end of the chapter. If you do this, you will not fail. But if you lack this, you are blind. You cannot see afar off, he says. And trouble's going to come your way. You're not going to be able to see things that are coming your way. He said, these things that I'm about to talk to you about, he said, you're not to handle them lightly. You're not to go at them nonchalantly. This isn't something you do in your spare time. This isn't something that you go after when you have an opportunity and when things are convenient. He said no. Uh, he said right here in the scripture, giving all diligence. He said what I'm about to talk to you about, you do it with all of your zeal. You do it with great effort. You do it with great diligence you go after this you make it distinct you make it a priority you make it top of the list because if you don't get this down nothing else is going to matter you're not going to make it you're going to fail you got to have these things in you it's the only way you're going to be a servant and be able to serve God the way he's called me and you to serve him can you say amen Clap your hands to the Lord. And so he says here, and I'm going to close in, a, close in a little bit. He says here, giving all diligence. Bringing in with zeal and total effort. And then he has the word here, add. He says in verse number five, and besides this, Giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. He brings in this word here, add. It means to minister or to make additional or to make abundant. So Peter goes on to say, what I'm about to talk to you about, you have to do it with a great zeal. You've got to go after it with great effort. And he said also, you don't do it just a little bit. These things need to abound in you. You have to add this to your walk with God. You have got to put this in your walk with the Lord. Look what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9 and 10. Now, now he 
that ministereth seed to the sower. Both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Paul the apostle is saying you've got to start sowing seed into your own life to increase the righteousness that is in you. And you've got to go after it with a vengeance. And you've got to go after it with zeal and great effort and add to your life these things Peter said that I'm about to talk to you about you've got to add this to you we no longer can be satisfied where we are in Christ this is the greatest cancer of church of God's kids is we're satisfied where we are We're not desiring to grow in Him and to truly get in that Word and to learn and to dig it out and to study it and to plant that seed in my life that it'll begin to grow and multiply unto righteousness in my life. We're complacent where we are. And the moment you get complacent is when you start backsliding. And I use that word lightly, I, but I'm just trying to get you to understand what I'm saying by that. The moment you stop growing in Christ, you are not standing still. You are going backwards. Because the church is going on. You're being left behind. You know, you, we, we think we're on a train. Huh? Yeah. We're, we're sitting on a seat on a train. You know how you do that? You know how you go to the airport and they got these walkers? People get on that walker and they go by you. You know, they're walking the same speed, but they got something else under them carrying them a little faster. Huh? That's what we need to be in God. We're over here. We're walking, right? Off of it. Then we stop and we think for somehow in our head that we can stop pursuing God, pursuing love, forgiveness, righteousness, knowledge of Him, and all that He has and possess, and everything He wants to give us. And we just... We just start living on everything else and we, we just intake everything else that we heard last week or the week before what the preacher might be preaching about and we're just standing there. We're not digging anything out. We're not going further. And we think we're on a train riding with the church. I got news for you. You're on the side of the tracks and the moment you stop, that train keeps going and that train leaves you behind. That's, it doesn't work that way. You can't just shut it down and think you're just moving along with the church. No. When you stop, everything else keeps going and you're getting left behind. I don't know about you, but I want to know what God's doing in the church. I want to be in the flow of the Spirit. I want to hear the voice of God. I want to be in the middle of 
of everything that God is doing. And if you stop trying to grow, if you stop adding to your life, if you stop multiplying in your heart the goodness of God, you're not riding along the side of the church. Baby, we got to find that other basket. That basket don't collect near as much as that other one does. That other basket does a good job. Someone stole my basket. Shame on you. You took it home, put it on your dresser. You thought money was going to magically appear in it in the morning. Everybody say add two. Now, we continue to read in these verses. Simon Peter, and I'm coming to a close. Simon Peter is not saying. He's not given a, a, a specific order here. Where you have to add. Uh, faith to virtue and knowledge. I'm sorry, virtue to faith and knowledge to virtue and temperance to knowledge and patience. Now, there's nothing wrong with studying it in that method. That's fine. That's fine. But he lets us know later in the verses that if these things be in you. So what he's trying to say is that these things need to be in you. All of them. Whatever order you get them in, they need to be in you. Now, if you want to try to work it out where you do it in that order, I guess that's, that's fine. But, but that's, not what he's, that's not what he's trying to say. And I'm not going to touch on these because I can't do any of them justice tonight. It's not a particular order. You say, Pastor, why are you even bringing that up? Because we are so easily discouraged. And Satan is so wise in these areas. You'll, this sounds simple, but, but he'll do this. He'll go, okay, now you have to. Perfect faith. Now, when you perfect faith, you can add virtue to it. Well, he stopped you right there. Because you will never perfect faith. And he'll tell you that when you add virtue to faith, you can't go to knowledge until you're done adding the virtue to faith. And he'll mess with you in Scripture. Listen, God wants us to have all those things in our life. We're going to talk about them over, let's stand. We're going to talk about them over the next few weeks. But I, I just come to, the Lord has come to say tonight. He's come to, to tell us that these things have to be in us. But we can't even get those things in us the way they need to be until we truly learn, or at least we are working on being a servant to one another. Being a servant to one another. Peter said, hey, hey, I'm a servant. <laughs> I'm a servant. These were, these were great men. They walked with Christ. They did all kinds of crazy miracles. Wonders of God.
upon them. And their priority was to serve. Now, don't think they had, they had it all together. I remember somewhere in the word of the Lord, Paul had to pull Peter aside. In fact, he rebuked him openly. One time he put him aside, and the, the one time he, he rebuked. God, this is how God does it. You sin openly, God rebukes you openly because of the people. You sin privately, God will deal with you privately. But if you don't fix it, he'll do whatever it takes to make it right. God will expose you because he loves you, not because he's judging you. You got something God's dealing with you or you're doing something wrong and God's been giving you chance after chance after chance. I advise you fix it. Because he loves you so much, he will expose you. Trying to help you. All right, that's not part of this, uh, this message. And so, this incredible man of God and all of these men that you read about. Paul the Apostle, you know, there was a couple of times he bragged on himself. But before he started, you know what he said? He said, forgive me for what I'm about to say. I have a reason for saying what I'm fixing to say, but I want you to know something. I'm asking you ahead of time to forgive me. Because what I'm about to say has nothing to do with being a Christian. And he went on to name all the wonderful things that God did in him and through him and who he was and all of these things. But he preferenced that with, don't misunderstand me. This isn't really what makes me who I am. And over and over and over, Paul the Apostle says, I'm a servant, I'm a servant, I'm a servant, I'm a servant, I'm a servant. I just feel like the Lord is really dealing with us. He's really talking to us. Wednesday night is the core of the church. You know, they, they say, you want to know who likes the music, come to Sunday morning. If you want to know who likes the preacher, come to Wednesday night. <laughs> I am failing miserably. <laughs> if you want to know who loves God, show up at prayer meeting. <laughs> that's, that, that's what they say. I, I didn't say that. That's what other people said. In our case, it would be see if their number's on the prayer conference line. <laughs> I'm just kidding. God's not, but I, but I am. I'm kidding. Uh, if we can, if the core of the church can get a hold of this and truly start being a servant to one another. Everyone, everyone on this Wednesday night, every one of you should be in a servant's place somewhere in the church. Teaching Sunday school, greeter, usher, first impressions team. There's uh, lots of other places. Working with one of our 30 departments that we have to help them to get things done. Serving. When you start serving the church, you can't help but run into people. And then you serve people. You just love them. You just serve them. 
And I am, I'm here to tell you that when you truly serve someone, it's going to be very difficult for them to offend you. When you truly love someone, they can say things about you. They can treat you wrong. They can do you wrong. You're just going to keep serving them, and you're just going to keep loving them because you're past that. You learned a long time ago, you don't let that stuff get in here. You don't let that get in here. That junk, that junk will kill you. It'll make you bitter. Uh, I'm not sure what I preached tonight, but I think it went okay. So let's ask the Lord on the foundation of this teaching. Let's ask the Lord to help us be a true servant. Now, one thing before we pray. When you ask God this, he's going to help you do it. Now, sometimes that might not be very comfortable. It might even hurt for God to be able to pull that out of you. Cause you to truly be a servant. Lord, we come to you tonight. I thank you for these wonderful people on a Wednesday night. God, they came out on a Wednesday night, midweek. They're tired. They've worked all day. Some of them, Lord, came straight from work to the house of God. I thank you for them. I pray blessings upon them. I pray your blessings upon their families, their marriages, their children. I pray blessings upon our single young ladies and our single young men. God, just bless them tonight. Touch them, Lord. Walk with them. Keep your eyes focused on them, God. Go everywhere as they go, Lord. Jesus, we pray. We ask it. Father, prosper them, Lord. Let the blessings come, God. They're here tonight. They've come to hear your word. And Father, we, we've heard you spoke to us this evening, God, about being that servant. That before we're an apostle, before we're a teacher, before we're uh, any of these other things, these leaders and workers in the church, Lord, we are a servant. God, this is, this is what we are. It's who we are. It's the nature that you put in us. The mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. Let that mind which was in Christ, let it be in you who humbled himself even unto death, who became a servant to humanity. Lord, let that mind come upon us that even the ones who reviled him, he loved them. The ones who took his life, he loved them. While nailed on a cross, he said, this day shalt thou be with me in paradise. Lord, let this mind be upon us. God, help us to be servants, to love our brothers, to love our sisters lord let this be the foundation that is under our feet and then we can add to this god and then we can we can diligently seek after these other things and we can add these things to our life lord as we devour your word as we get in the word of god and we learn about you we learn about your nature we learn about your character who you are and how how you would respond and, and what you would do and 
say and oh God we desire for these things to be a part of us let them become a part of who we are Lord that they'll look upon our good works and glorify the Father that is in heaven God we are the only epistle that may be read of some men we are the only way they will ever know you the only way they will ever hear about you the only way they will ever see you and God it will only come if we serve them if we love them and we serve them Lord Jesus help us I'm asking you God help us give us that spirit of willingness to sacrifice our homes to sacrifice our cars God, to pick people up and bring them to church, open our homes, teach Bible studies, have a connect group. Lord God, whatever it takes, sacrifice our time and our energies. Lord, make us servants. I ask it in the wonderful, mighty name of Jesus. Everybody say amen. Say, Lord Jesus, my reasonable service is to give my body to you. As a living sacrifice. Amen. I love you. God's good. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Father, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. Praise God. Amen.